0: Good afternoon and welcome to Wear Many Hats. This is the Risings episode and it's number two. We're very, very excited to be joined today by Phil Hudson, who is a Regional Facilities Manager at Greystar. Thanks hey so Phil. Much for inviting us. How are you doing? Very, very well. And yourself? Yeah, I'm miserable after the central line. Oh, How me about too. You?
1: Me too. Let's get this aircon on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think one of our guests turned it up not that long ago, actually. So I think
1: that's why it's a bit warm. We need it. to leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't <laughs> let them back in. Don't worry. We won't let them back in. Listen, thank you very much for joining us. Um, absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, obviously, you know... Very special, this being the second Risings podcast. I'm on it, I'm on it. Yeah, so it's great to have you. Um, You know, Phil, you've had 12 years in facilities management in various roles. So we're going to talk about your journey, um, you know, what you've learned and, you know, also what you may have done differently and so on and so forth. So I'm going to crack on with the first question. It's a nice, easy one, this.
1: Can you just introduce yourself and tell yeah. us a little bit about your background and journey in the FM industry so far? Hopefully, that's a nice, easy question for me to not get wrong. But yeah, yeah. Phil Hutton, obviously working for Greystar as a regional facilities manager, has introduced me. My journey, I'm definitely falling into the cliche of falling into FM accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. So I started, I guess, my career early days uh, having a plumbing apprenticeship, sort of straight out of college. Oh, wow. Fortunately, due to the financial downturn, wouldn't commit. They were like gold dust. Uh, yeah. Just just took a job in hotels, to be honest with you. Found myself, for whatever reason, maybe having good people skills. Yeah. Kind of progressed uh, into... That of... does come across, actually, Phil. Oh, it really know. does come across. Yeah. flattery, I'm loving it. Well,
0: <laughs> I've got to be nice to the guests. <laughs> Absolutely. So no, no one will come on.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so worked my way into sort of middle management in, in hotels and had an opportunity to, to kind of go into the maintenance world. Right. Um, which was, obviously, I, I went through it with two hands. Mm-hmm. Then had, I was lucky enough to... Chupi over to another company, a small M&E company, which right. was a, a real good experience for me in terms of technical know how. Yeah. And then, and then did a few rounds in various other small companies. Yeah. And I found myself in COVID, not really enjoying where I was and what I was doing. Um, right. And I think a bit soul searching. I thought, Do you know what? I miss client facing FM. It's so much better. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have a real impact in in the business that you're working for you're not trying to appease 100 people and you don't have the resource to do it yeah. that's why it was fine when you're at, when you're outsourcing i'm sure you guys have the same issue right yeah yeah you've got course, a million yeah. clients to please and you yeah. just sometimes can't do it uh, but the business is you know putting the pressure on to do that so yeah found myself into kind of the multifamily world which for me with my hospitality background and what i was passionate about suited me really enjoyed it um got right. opportunities to mobilize new buildings, which. Um, I've been involved in the hotel world, but not in this capacity. Okay. Um, and then yeah, here, here I am, really, as a sort of regional FM for Greystar. So that's oh, me in a nutshell.
0: So going back to what you said about COVID.
1: So mm. COVID, as as I think you know, with
0: a lot of people, that kind of made you reevaluate your career and where you were heading. Can, can you can you pinpoint at what point? That, that kind of happened for you? Are we talking lockdown one, two, four, you know? Oh, gosh, yeah. There was about 10 of them, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I? I, I forget, yeah. Um,
1: pro- probably, late, I think, later in the year after we'd all gone back to work, whenever that was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just found myself sort of questioning. I think everyone was still being polite at each other at that time, right? Yeah, so if yeah. If you rung somebody up and say, why well, isn't this done, they could say, oh, COVID. Yes, um, yeah. But, you know, I ju- yeah, I just found myself questioning, going, if anything's like during during this kind of pandemic's taught us, we've only got one life and it's pretty short. Yeah. Might as well do something we enjoy. Exactly. So um, yeah, I actually left my employment uh, for a period of time, and did you? Yeah, That's yeah. risky. Yeah, I mean, fair play was, to you for taking was. that risk. I'm quite, I'm, 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 not scared of taking those risks. Of yeah. sort of various things in the past, where I've done stuff like that. Yeah. I think as long as you know, um, you've got that financial cushion. And yes. You can, I like to use the phrase "back your ball." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get it. That's probably a Rocky Balboa quote from somewhere. Yeah, actually, yeah, probably. Um, he came I mean, up with a yeah, few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, like I say, I, I took that opportunity. Um, found myself in the built around market and have not looked back since really.
0: Yeah. So, so tell us, tell us a little bit about what your day looks like then in in that space. I mean, what what do you do when you, you know, not when you get up, but once the
1: day starts, what are your priorities and and how does it look? Yeah. I suppose each day is varied, right? That's the one thing that I suppose is a love and hate thing in FM. Um, you make a plan, right, in about half an hour and it's it's gone out the window, which is yeah. something we, we all love but we all hate depending on what day of the week it is. So for me, it's obviously organising where I am on that day, um, mm. the meetings. And then uh, kind of main focus really would be compliance, uh, yeah. any projects that are ongoing, any support that I need to offer to to anybody on site. Yeah, um, yeah and it, it's so varied. It could be dealing with something HR related. It could be dealing with a disastrous leak. It, it really yeah. varies.
0: Yeah, that variation is good, though. It keeps you interested, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And it really keeps you on your toes. And I think it makes you polish some of those finer skills. When the pressure's on, that's where you kind of find a bit more about yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed, agreed. So what would you say your expectation
0: of a career in facilities management was just before you joined? You know, you
1: you start on the Monday, it's Sunday, what are you thinking, you know? It's a good question. I think a bit like any job, you're probably a bit naive and you create this picture that you think, okay, I'm going to be dealing with, you know, fixing stuff and booking in services. Yeah. And then probably a short period of time into that when you probably get that first out of hours phone call, you realize that career is 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 not that, what you've described. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think everybody probably gets that Mike Tyson naive uppercut at some point in it. <laughs> uh...
0: I like that analogy, but yeah. I would rather avoid the uppercut. Yeah, yeah, me too, for sure. Yeah. So, what do you, what aspects of um, you know facilities management do you find the most fulfilling and exciting? I
1: think anything that you can step away and go, I impacted that, and that was really positive. Yeah. You don't have to shout to your employees or to your colleagues about it, but you can go, yeah, you know, that was a really, that was a really good outcome of a bad situation.
0: I feel good about that. I feel like I made a difference. Yeah, yeah. Because that, I mean, I, I, I think that that's massive because I think we, um, we underplay our impact on people as we go through the day absolutely um, and sometimes even if it's a very small minor issue but you resolve it you know that could have a significant positive effect on the person that you, well their
1: day that you were you were solving the issue for 100 percent. yeah absolutely so, i think also probably people i really enjoy working with people kind of the coaching and mentoring approach so i think i also find it quite fulfilling where you first meet someone especially being new into a business perhaps or building a new relationship yeah and you can really see that relationship kind of flourish and, and grow and also have a really positive impact on them so right. you know i think in fm you meet lots of different people at lots of different stages of their career yeah whether they're more compliance focused or more technical minded yeah um but a lot of people sometimes do i think suffer with lack of confidence in fm just because right. you're so varied it's a fair So fair comment yeah, fair yeah. Comment, i think I'm, I'm sure you guys probably come across that as well you meet all sorts of different types of people with different backgrounds in fm
0: yeah i mean I, I think that there's there's a lot to be said for experience you know um yeah, there's so many different facets to FM when, when you actually get down to the bones of it that I, I don't think people who don't work in it necessarily understand. But yeah. you're talking about so many different disciplines that feed into facilities management that you've got to be kind of a jack-of-all-trades, really, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. To, to, to make it work. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't think I could do your guys' job. You know, I, you know what you guys do, I think, is quite difficult. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right there.
1: Yeah, I think if you ask six people, you get six different answers as well. Yes. Depending, and you've probably had that from the podcast. Yeah. You yep. ask different people, whether it's in the interview, outside of the interview, they'll give you different variations. Yeah. Which I think is, again, something that can be attractive about the industry, that your day is so varied, that you pick up various different skills that are applicable to everyday life, as well as any other career that you may go on to as well.
0: Yeah, no, great. <laughs> okay, um,
1: so, so sort of sticking
0: with that, hmm. how, how do you maintain your passion for FM? And I guess as well, how, how's that, evolved throughout your journey? I mean, 12 years in, in various roles. How have you maintained that passion and how has it changed?
1: Yeah, good good question. I think it comes and goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Same as anything. If you support a football team, your passion for it will come and go. Who do you follow? Uh, li- how should I say? Liverpool. Oh, no. I-, I-, I should say it a bit more proudly, but no. given the last couple of seasons. Get out. <laughs> uh, what about yourself?
0: I'm a Man United Oh, man. no. I'm very proud of it as well. You know, I don't care that we're losing and we're crap yeah. at the minute. I still love them. Swiftly you know, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I lived through the 90s. I'm happy. I'm oh, happy forever. Good, good man. No. Yeah, no, sorry. I interrupted. Carry on. No,
1: no, don't be silly. Um. Yeah, I think your passion comes and goes for whatever you do. Yeah. And I think you have your rough days. And I think if you can get, get through them, you probably learn something from it. You become a bit more resilient as well. Yeah. Um, and then, again, we mentioned earlier about things that you like working on or things that are fun. You do get an opportunity to kind of throw your hat in. Um, at at various different things in FM and that can be really rewarding and that kind of drives your passion a bit more so you have those ups and downs Right, you might have a period of time where things just aren't going right it could be a building that you're having service related issues it could be you're having staffing issues it could be that you're having major problems um, you know with with leaks in the building or other mechanical aspects and that really kind of drives you down but you've got to dig deep get through it and i think that's where you kind of your passion comes and goes really bit of a roller coaster
0: yeah 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 so uh, i've mean, going back to you know if, if we're talking about challenges mm. has, have there been any moments in your career where you've had a challenge where where it made you think god you know how am i going to do this and then you resolved it you know it was hard work but you managed to resolve it have you can, have you got any examples of that kind of scenario
1: yeah, uh probably every day no yeah uh, <laughs> right fair enough yeah no i i think um there's so many that come to mind but i think every every person would have some example of where they've had major issues in the building and everyone's looking at you going what do we do here and deep down you're going i have no idea what we're going to do here but we're gonna have to get through it And i think that's one thing that i pass down to anybody is remain resilient be brute own your situation brutally so if you're you know you guys are service delivery if something's gone wrong i think you have to have absolute kind of Open honesty and acceptance of the situation really yes. own it. Yeah, that, yeah. that massively helps you get through any difficult situation. But yeah, I've had you know the point of where buildings are about to close down, or you've got major leaks. Wow. You've got um, a situation where someone's caused the leak, and you look yeah. back on CCTV of what they were doing, and you're going, "Oh dear, there's no excuse for that." Oh no, uh, this is going to be a very awkward situation. Kind of head in hands, going, "What do we do here?" Yeah. So yeah, th- there's many. I've, there'll be so many to name that everyone else will have, I'm sure, similar situations.
0: Yeah and then I guess it's sometimes it's knowing how to manage those difficult conversations exactly, yeah. and deal with it in the right way because we're all human beings and we all react to things differently don't yeah, yeah. So, so I'm guessing in your role you have to be able to I suppose flex your personality somewhat to yeah, yeah. to deal with those different
1: individuals Massively. and personality types yeah and people skills i think people talk about lots of different things in fm so i've heard, i've listened to some of the people speak and obviously you know we work in industry people talk about qualifications and go learn this knowledge people skills is so underrated in FM. Yeah, Being able to, A, manage and coach and mentor your facilities managers or the, your team around you, depending on what level you're at, and also knowing when to give feedback to contractors, yep. what tone to apply it in, when to work with them, when to kind of really put the pressure on. Yeah, And I think also to your higher-ups, whoever they may be, again, making sure that, when you're, when you're having difficult situations, you're able to approach them, not necessarily saying, I've got this problem, but saying, I've identified this, this is what I'd like to do, and this is how I'd like to rectify it. Yeah. I think that's a massive skill in being able to deliver that in a certain manner and yeah. being taken in the right way as well.
0: Right. So do you think those skills are things that over a period of time you learn them, i.e., you know, you you, you mentioned earlier about having knowing when to push a contractor, for example. You know, I'm, I'm guessing at the start of your career, career, you didn't have the knowledge or the skill set to to know when that was, and you've acquired that over a period of time. How long do you think that
1: would have taken you? I guess it's probably not necessarily you you take super note of, but it's probably a switch or overnight or gradually where you just kind of notice – oh, that situation quite went quite well. And yeah. what I did was utilize my skills and experience and it's worked out quite well for me. Yeah. But yeah, when I first started, it's definitely the other way around. Like the contract is pushing you and you're your yeah. learning and making it up as you go along. I think there's, there's an element of self-development there as well. Yeah. Um, for FMs, if you want to get on top of it, I think you know there's there's various things that you can do. Um, I've always found myself just throwing myself into situations and see what I learn yeah. as well. So when someone asks for something in the room and everybody else is looking away, I'm normally going, I'll do it. Because what's right. the, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to fall flat on your face, but you still learn something from it. That's a fair comment.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I'm so so what you kind of say in there is you know put yourself out, you know, yeah, 100%. you know, you know, yeah. put your hand up and say, look, yeah. I'll I'll give that a try. I might fail, but I'll give it a try. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you're you know again the facilities management piece. Well, we we spoke earlier about you'll get six different answers if you ask six different people. If you chuck yourself into different situations, that's only going to help you in terms of your variety of skill set from what you can pick from. So yeah. When you're having those difficult situations, if you've got something else that you can pull on, yeah. have that conversation, it's only going to be beneficial. Without doubt, yeah.
0: yeah. Have you ever been in that situation, Phil, where um, you're talking to a client or uh, you know, anybody from in a business environment and something's come out of your mouth, all right, and then afterwards you're like, in your head, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Where did that, where, how did I know that?
1: My partner's a great one for that. She'll go, I didn't know you had that word
0: in your vocabulary. I was like, either. Yeah. neither. Sounded good yeah. though, didn't it? <laughs> See, I, I firmly believe that happens to everybody, no matter how senior they are in a business. I think there's that point. I'd love to do a poll. Do you know what? We're going to do a poll. We're going to do a poll on wear many hats just to find out whether or not people have um, had that experience. Because I think it'd be really interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. There's definitely yeah. people that have gone wow, that meeting went amazingly. Whatever I've done today, I'm going to copy and paste for the rest of my life. Yeah, because that's yeah, what yeah. I want it to be. Yeah, where
0: did that come from? I don't <laughs> I never
1: get it. Okay, brilliant. So um, if we move on to um, sort of your
0: achievements. So, you know, obviously as, as part of the Risings podcast, we really want to highlight your experiences and the yep. things that have gone well for you um, and how you've got to where you've got to as a regional FM. So in terms of a cv what would you generally include on there from um a job role perspective you know things like would you include things like projects or sustainability initiatives how how would you go about developing your cv for the
1: industry yeah i think me personally it's probably going to be different depending on what job i'm applying for and i think that that's the best thing um i've heard several recruitment experts on podcast, and 100% agree with them depending on what you're applying for tailor it to that um But me personally, there's probably a couple of things I'm proud of my career. One would be mobilizing buildings. Right. It's really quite a cool experience. Everyone is at the same point because everything's new. Everyone's excited. Everyone's nervous. There's long days, there's short days. Yeah. And when you launch it, there's this real kind of collaborative feeling. Like a sense of achievement. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I think a couple other ones for me, I'm, I'm quite badly dyslexic, and I did my kneebosh, which was open book at the time when I was 23, and I was super, right. super kind of proud of that achievement. And you certainly. should be. You should. Be. Yeah. My sister's
0: dyslexic, and it is really, really challenging. Yeah. You know, especially something like a NEBOSH, which is very much about the written word and memorising things, and so you should definitely be proud of that. You yeah. know, well done.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's something like internally. I think when you get those little wins as well, it boosts your confidence in terms yeah. of your career and whatever you're doing. So that's definitely one for me. I wouldn't necessarily put that on my CV, but yeah. obviously as a qualification, I do. Um, I think one. one it's of certainly the- something
0: you could talk about in an interview, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know. Sorry, I'm going to segue you. Just in relation to that, um, was, was there any help afforded to you because you were dyslexic when you went through the NEBOSH qualification?
1: No, no, I, I didn't right. make it a thing. Um, right, all oh, right, okay. So yeah. you didn't
0: mention it and you just when you thought, yeah. right, I'm going to give this a go and if it works
1: great, if, if not, then what yeah. have I got to lose? Absolutely. Absolutely, right. yeah. And for me, it's just, I recognize where I'm strong and I recognize I'm weak and yeah. every dyslexic person has different strengths and weaknesses. Same, yeah. same as anybody else. Yeah, so yeah, of you course. You'll have different strengths and I will and I'll have different weaknesses from you. So, yeah. for me, it's just, just uh, I know how I I work and I know how I learn and what works for me and what doesn't really.
0: Well, everybody's different. I think that's the key learning there. We all learn things differently. Absolutely. Fantastic. So as a rising star in FM, (laughs) Phil, um, what different roles or responsibilities have you taken um, to broaden your skill set, broaden your horizons? So
1: I think coming back to qualifications is probably where you, I guess, want to start to build that foundation knowledge. So you can go apply those in different ways um is obviously kind of your bog standard and that'll really open your eyes in terms of health and safety and yes kind of what your responsibilities are as a responsible person i think if you want to stand out and really go the extra mile NEBOSH is an absolute yeah you know right up to director level you'll see that if you if you kind of believe in benchmarking which i do have a looking at those jobs that you want to achieve or the career direction you want to go at yeah. look at that and you'll see it um iwfm yeah it's definitely a big one um I've recently finally done my membership after many years of saying I was going to do it. <laughs> I yeah. finally did it.
0: <laughs> I think we, we, we've had a few fellows on the show from yep. um, IWFM um, over the past, and you know they, they've said how important they feel that 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 is um, to people within the
1: industry. It is. It is. I think the other thing is, and I, I don't think there's necessarily a, an answer for it, but technical skill in right. FM, you'll find a lot of people come from either like a um, office manager position or being promoted upwards. They're then expected by a business to have this engineering knowledge overnight, just like that. Be like, yeah. you know, whatever the problem is, you know, they're expected to have that knowledge. Yeah, I, I think that's a really difficult skill to learn. I've been fortunate enough that uh, I was 25 years old and I got cheapered into um an ME company. And I remember, you know, young and enthusiastic walking in and yeah. uh, saying to the technical director who we I actually had a really good relationship at the end of, I said, Oh, what, what do you want me to do? And then yeah. slid across some paper like that and went, they go, you can quote those. And I was like, what the F is an actuator?
0: I have no idea what I've doing. Yeah. Uh, winging it. And then, yeah. um, Do you want me to get some tart and paint? Well, yeah yeah, 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 literally. I was
1: like, uh, left-handed claw hammer? <laughs> what, what else have we got? So um, I, I just yeah. found myself, again, taking a bit of responsibility and each day writing down, like, what does that mean? What does this mean? Um, yeah. Going online, Googling it, gaining knowledge, having confidence to give it a go and get it wrong.
0: Right. So, Fantastic. yeah,
1: I, anyone that's in the FM, when you have an opportunity to go with anyone technical, ask them a million questions.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. engineers love showing off and telling people about their knowledge.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. Yeah, my dad's the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fair. You're yeah. asking something. be like, so how does that work? And they'll be like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. get so a cup of tea. <laughs> he's, always,
0: he's always telling me hydraulic stories. And I'm yeah. like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, but his time on the mines in Australia. And I'm like, Right, okay. Fair enough. Okay, so moving on to um, sort of a different facet, really, in, in terms of networking. How important has networking been in your career progression And do you have any tips for effective networking for anybody listening out there that wants to move into that area?
1: I I think it's something that I definitely um, didn't realize how important it was until probably quite recently. Right. Um, And it is very important, you know, being able to grow your network from a contractor perspective as well in FM. You need to be able to call on people when needed. Agreed. Massively important. Yeah. But also just having support, knowledge, people you can reach out to and go on podcasts for example and those yeah. kind of things it's i think it's massively important um advice would be probably don't again don't be scared just just reach out yeah on, on linkedin that's a perfect example it's a networking tool right drop someone a message it is yeah. yeah and i think also with with contractors and stuff like that or if you've got that kind of professional relationship don't, don't be scared to ask them if they've got any contacts or recommendations that's how this industry works is it is recommendations really yeah um google searches it's obviously amazing and everything that we do in everyday life but Recommendations often are kind of overlooked, I think.
0: I think so. I, th- I think the industry is built on trust, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, and if you know somebody that works in a certain environment and utilizes a certain contractor or something like that, and you speak or reach out to that person, do you know anyone? And they're like, yeah, I've used these guys multiple times, never let me down. Price point's okay, blah, blah, blah. You know, th- th- that's a great way to do it.
2: Agreed.
0: Um, are there any sort of specific networking groups that you've been involved in or that you're looking to get involved in that you think would be useful for people in the future?
1: yeah so iwfm um that's kind of my main focus at the moment and looking to get involved in that as as much as possible really and um yeah sharing knowledge yeah i think there's plenty of people out there that um you know i started my career in the hotel industry and i was lucky enough there was an account director um great guy said oh I, i know you've been put in this position i'd love to if you want to give you any help and advice i snapped that person's arm off had a coffee the next day yeah and he was like look i'd recommend you do this in your career, this, this yeah. will massively help you get the foundation you want to go on. Right, um, And yeah, every time someone's offered help, snap their hand off because that will massively help you.
0: Yeah, because I was going to ask as well, you know, I'm guessing that that, that individual was a like a mentor. Has, has there been any specific mentors in your career that have helped you achieve to, or get to where you are now?
1: Yeah, yeah. There were several that come to mind. So um, I think when I was working for the small M&E company, um, the owner there, he Believes in this coaching and mentor yep. mentoring kind of mindset, yep. which when you first meet him, you think he's a bit crazy. But mm-hmm. he'll be he'll be kind of going, "Well, what do you think we should be doing?" Yeah, and you are going, oh, "Uh, well," and he will be like, "Well, what do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts yeah. on this situation? Let's go through it." Yeah, but, okay, yeah, yeah. I want you to try that, and you are like, yeah. "Oh my god, he's trusting me with all this," and you you just notice a different result in your performance. Yeah. So yeah, I think in every career you go through stages of having people who are who are your mentors, your coaches. Um, I also think something that's overlooked is. Learning what you do and don't like from a management perspective. Yeah. So there's plenty of people that stay in roles for you know 10, 20 years, and I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I think it's really important if you if you have the opportunity to learn what you do like from management, what helps you perform. Yeah. And what also you don't, and I think also feeding that back as well when yeah. you have the opportunity to. So. You know, depending on what relationship you have with that with that individual, I think that's really important to your growth as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said about your previous boss asking you to, to give your thoughts and whenever I got asked that when I was younger and, you know, I was starting my career out, my first impression was always, oh God, he knows the answer and whatever I say is going to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is that's not the case. Yeah. You know, so if you are young, you know, don't be afraid to give your viewpoint over because, you know, different generations think differently about different things. hundred
1: percent, yeah. You know? I think when you're in a room as well with people, don't be scared to offer some ideas. Um, yeah. I think fostering an environment where someone can come up with an idea and it's not kind of shut down is really important.
0: Yeah, that um, collaborative approach is, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's crucial and it, it, it works. I think yeah. it's proven that it works. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to collaboration now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, how how do you approach collaboration with other professionals in, you know, the industry to, to foster growth and, yep. and learning? You know, how, how do you do it? What's your approach?
1: I think being really open and honest in terms of your communication, what your expectations are. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff that we do on a day-to-day basis, if there's no direction, then there's kind of a lack of understanding of what you're doing and it's very hard to drive that forward, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think being very honest from you know, if we if we were to contact yourselves and say, you know, this is how we operate, mm. this is what we'd expect from yourselves. This is this something that you can abide by and we also like to have your input from things yeah i think you get a different outcome when you do that and i think that can be applied throughout whatever you're doing if you're working with different departments as well just saying you know we'd really appreciate your your input on this really what do you guys think as a group um with your experience because if you've got one person kind of drive it all naturally they're gonna kind of burn out and run out of ideas right whereas if you get different fresh pair, pair of eyes to look at stuff or you know different departments that see things from a different perspective you know, there's always that old cliche about head office versus, like, feet on the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a completely different outlook on things, Yeah, which I think is really good for a collaborative approach. Uh, no, not being is. scared to say, why don't we take 15 minutes and ask these people what, what they think. They're the feet yeah, on yeah, the ground. Yeah. And they might have some really interesting feedback. And, yeah, sometimes you get some really great ideas from people and you think, wow, oh, what result that was.
0: Yeah. Now, playing devil's advocate on that one, do you think sometimes if you get too many people involved, it slows things down.
1: Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah.
0: So do you think yeah. it's you, you've, got to, you've got to approach it in the right way and make sure you're speaking to the right people? Because I think if you involve everybody, you know, it becomes difficult, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think with uh, remote working, that sometimes can impact that. Yeah. Great that you can literally hop on and speak to anybody at any time, yep. anywhere around the world. That's great. But yeah. it can also be the old cliche of, oh, we'll chuck a call in. And then yeah. there's no kind of... Oh, okay, so uh, you just cut speaking and you're like, Yeah, what was the purpose of this meeting? So those meetings should really be purposeful.
0: I have um, I have been on many of
1: those. Yeah, <laughs> you come out after and you go, What did I just what, do, what, what just happened for the last 45 minutes yeah. or an hour or whatever it was? Yeah, what's what, what happened there? No, yeah. no, I'm not getting that back, yeah. am I? You know, no, exactly. So yeah. I think, yeah, that, that that's a really tricky one actually is making sure that you've got the right people from the right department. Um, and then also you, sometimes you'll find on those calls, right, people f- tussle for. Who's the most vocal on the call? Yeah, and then that also creates a really bad environment for anybody who's perhaps a bit shy or waiting for their opportunity to speak. The opportunity might not come, so they then give up. Yeah, so it's, so, it's a tricky balance. Would, would you would you
0: say in that environment that it's really important to have an agenda and to control the call? Yeah. And, and you know what I mean by that is um, you know it's, it's important to have the, the relevant stakeholders there, but it's also important if you're let, let's say managing that project that you manage it, you know, and that you control the the collaboration, as it were.
1: A hundred percent, yeah. I think you need to outline, like you would do in, in any kind of situation, for example, an interview where you outline what's going to happen, yeah, how it's going to end, and what will be the next stages. Yes. You kind of want to outline that as the agenda and really start the, the meeting off. Organically, things will just grow. Yeah, And I think that, that central person, it's their job to bring it back. Um, yeah. And say, right. OK, guys, let's just part that for two minutes to the end when we get towards the question time or any other business. And we'll yeah. go through that in a bit more
0: detail. So we're beginning a middle and an end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a a throughout <laughs> but, but throughout human history, it's true. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, we used to sit around the fire, didn't we? And, you know, everything was passed on vocally, you know, and everything needed a beginning. It all needed a middle and it all needed an end. You know, and it's it's really interesting to to, to see that transition in the business yes. as well. Because it's true. Yeah, 100%. You know, because we're all mammals, aren't we? You know, yeah, yeah. We, we do things a certain way.
1: And sometimes you don't need to make things complicated. Yeah. Just keep it simple, right? Yeah. Someone doesn't need to come up with this amazing super strategy or throw these amazing yeah. words around. Yeah. Just keep it basic sometimes. Yeah.
0: Keep because it simple, stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, then
1: slide it over to marketing and get
0: them to <laughs> get get them and make it
1: look pretty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, I guess moving on to you in terms of your own personal aspirations, you know, what are you aspiring to achieve in the next stage of your career? You know, do you see yourself going a step further, becoming either an associate director or a portfolio director? You know, where do you want to go?
1: Yeah, 100%. So I think naturally, of course, want to progress into a senior and then sort of directorship, uh, long term, my personal vision would be to go into facilities management coaching. Right so some of the stuff we've spoken about I'm massively passionate about. Yeah. I truly believe that well, now I look back that those key moments you if you could give somebody you can have such positive impact on their career and them as a person. So for me that that's my long-term long-term ambition is going to facilities management and various other branches off the back of that.
0: Right we we had a we had a guest on yesterday that was very um, very into the coaching um, world, effectively. So, tell us a little bit. When when you say facilities management coaching, mm. what do you mean? Give give us give give us a bit more detail about that because people people the people that are listening might not understand
1: what you mean by what, what you're going to coach them on. How how does that work? What does it look like? Yeah, absolutely. I think depending on if it's coaching or mentoring, different yep. people want different things, um, and I think it's definitely down to them to drive what they want. A coach's job, obviously, is to ask the questions and guide and yep. you know, get them to produce their own answers. Yeah, and, and build. Uh, the confidence and remove those limiting beliefs that they can do it. Yep. So for me, that's again massive something I'm massively passionate about and practice in my day to day role. Really. Yep. Me, lots of people that will perhaps contact you first. Yes. And say, okay, well, um, what have you done prior to this? Yeah. I say, well, I've, I've just contacted you. Yeah. Okay. Is there perhaps something else that we could do prior to that? And asking those questions to drive yeah. the direction. Um. So yeah. In In summary, that that's kind of the approach for the coaching side of things. I think for mentoring, um, there might be various other people that and want that real back and forth and guidance and conversation. Yeah, yeah, with. yeah no, I so, agreed, yeah. and um, you know, picking up on various things that have happened to them at, at, in, in their career and guiding them through those difficult situations, um, you know, and helping them achieve their career goals, really. Yeah, do, do, you, do you ever see yourself moving into other um, disciplines within FM, like commercial
0: or things like that, or, or do you think resi is where you, where you sit?
1: Good question. I'm always open minded, but I do like the resi side. There's the people element, and I get it from starting my career in sort of a hospitality background. Yeah, I get it, and I think a lot of people get frustrated with people, and it's like at the end of the day, they pay our salaries. Yeah, so you know, and we're ever kind of evolving culture, right? So yeah, you have to go with those times. So you know, if people become difficult, okay, we need to look at how we can support that in a better way. If we're not delivering stuff in the right way, it's our jobs as FMs to look at strategic ways the fancy strategic word that we like to throw around. Yeah, yeah. Looking yeah. at clever ways yeah. how we can do things better to deliver better service.
0: Exactly. I mean, I, I think most frustrations come from a lack of understanding anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, because things go wrong. I think most yeah. people are reasonable and they understand they that things go wrong. <laughs> it's just they don't necessarily understand why it's gone wrong yeah. and why aren't you doing something about it? Absolutely. You know, um, which
1: I think it sort of stems from. I think that's but, comuni- sorry to interrupt. I, was, no, that's I, fine. I, I think that's communication ownership again.
2: Yeah.
1: When you kind of speak to me he's very agitated if you acknowledge and take ownership of all her things you yeah. often find they kind of calm down because there's nothing else you know you obviously, you do get some right ar- a rate to people and in, in hospitality i've been asked several times if i want to die um just very interesting question what was your response uh, <laughs> this individual uh was claiming that the freemasons were after her right um which i was to say well you know hopefully staying of us they won't get through the doors yeah um yeah that was a very bizarre situation but anyway so you got some stories <laughs> yeah 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 several yeah 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 i remember um company i was working for we actually replaced alan sugar's boiler did you yeah yeah that's quite an interesting one i remember the the story was we got a phone call and it was taken by the technical director yeah and um he was kind of like oh yeah yeah oh, okay the big boss's house yeah yeah and you could kind of hear whispers what's going on yeah what's going on he said oh um yeah his boiler's gone down so give you know the engineer a call send him over there he said he's um you know, guys guy who's managing the house will be there and show him around. Yeah. And then the engineer came back and he looked a bit kind of flustered or a bit like he'd had a stressful day. Yeah, About yeah, yeah. one o'clock and he we was like, oh, is it? Everything okay? He goes, yeah, he goes, oh, sorry, it's just a bit stressful, isn't it, when you do dealing those situations? like, what happened? Um, and it was an old back boiler. And right. And he basically it said the PCB board had a scorch mark, so it a bit of an intermittent fault. Yeah. And it was obsolete, so it needed to be replaced. Anyway, down comes the man himself. What, big his, Sugar? Yeah, yeah. Really? In his dressing gown. In his dressing right. gown. And, um, he's dressing in, 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 a, in typical fashion is going, asking a million questions. Going, well, let me see. I can't see that. And he's got yeah. his uh, his iPhone out. It's around the back of there having a look apparently. Really? Questioning the engineer. So I think the
0: engineer felt like he was on uh, The Apprentice. Yeah, he's quite a technical guy though, isn't he, Alan Sugar?
1: Yeah, I think he's got those, those skills, right, where he, he yeah. puts fear into you um, and, and has the ability to ask those questions. And if you're not... If you're not prepared for that, I think he's probably going to walk all over you. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I you know, yeah. the engineer, um, you know, did well with the situation. And I think we we kind of replaced it that, that same day or the day after, you know, right. being the man he was. And, uh, yeah, the fact that he was one of our clients.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So do, do you deal with any high-profile VIP individuals? You don't need to name them, obviously. But do, do you have to treat certain clients differently to…
1: I think to naturally, this? I think you'd be probably, from a privacy perspective… Yeah. Um, have to be probably a bit more conscious about that, right? You could yeah. go home and say to your friends and put it on your Instagram story and say, Oh well, yeah, lives he yeah. here and take a photo of their car in the car park. Yeah. Um I think naturally probably in, in most Central London buildings, there's probably one or two people that are yeah. that are famous. Um but no that this Lord Sugar one was for the M and E company I was working for a good good few years ago. Right, um, okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh really interesting. Okay, so so sort of moving on a little bit about you, um, and then we're gonna get into a little bit about learning and development. Mm. Tell us a little bit about you, Phil, um, you know, both in work and outside of work. Um, what
1: gets you going? Oh, good question. Um, what gets me going? At the moment, my kind of life is focused on uh, renovating my house. Right. So we've had a lot of building work going on quite recently. So wow. me and my partner, unfortunately, the relationship went a bit south with the builder. So for right. the last six months, we've been pretty much building our loft, which oh has been God. an interesting challenge yeah. uh, for a number of reasons. My partner, Bless her, has the most amazing vision and knows exactly what she wants. Yeah. Problem is she's about five foot nothing. So we're saying, (laughs) right, can we put that there? I physically can, but I'm I'm not sure necessarily you're going to be able to help me with that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm also getting married. Um, oh, congratulations! September. Thank you very much. Well, so. Invite in post, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, lost in post. Good
0: stuff. <laughs> so you don't, you don't want any northerners there. Yeah, man, you know, you'll just turn into a t- turn right. Who? Are. I was say,
1: it's not an open bar, so yeah. Well, yeah, like like well, I'm not coming then. I'm not coming. <laughs> that's it. I'm not coming. So no, th- those are kind of be the main focuses of my life. Um Outside of that. Obviously, a bit like anyone else, um, kind of similar age, sports, um, yeah. love the gym, love-hate relationship with running.
0: Yes, same. Yeah. As you can probably tell.
1: I don't know what you mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not my forte, I will tell you that. I'm, I'm all right with walking. I can manage that.
1: <laughs> yeah, walking, well, walking's an underrated one, I reckon. I, one know, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do
0: like a good morning walk. It's a brisk walk in the winter. It's yeah, lovely. Yeah, Not sure about that. Brilliant. Okay. So yeah. listen, I'm gonna, we'll finish with, a, with 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 what I think is probably the most important question, mm. um, especially in the Risings podcast. And, and that is what advice regarding
1: learning and development would you give to somebody starting their career in FM? Yeah. Where, that, where would you go? I think that's a really good question, actually. And I've spoken a lot about it in the last, however long we've been speaking now. Yeah. I think for me, if you can get yourself a mentor or a coach, yeah. go for it. That doesn't necessarily have to be paid. Yeah. That can be... A colleague that could be someone else that you use within the business, someone that's recognised talent in you, something like that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If they offer help, snap their arm off. Arrive early. If they say get there at four am, get there at three thirty am. <laughs> Utilise, yeah, yeah. That's extreme, but that's, that's very um, early. i yeah. no, just emphasising the fact that if someone offers help, take it. Yes. You know, you won't often get that. No. Yeah, agreed. Um, look at your qualifications. So, Iosh, I do agree, is a good one. Yeah. Nibosh is is definitely a good one to have across yep. FM that's universally recognized, IWFM qualification, and then your technical skills. I think if you can get yourself in a position where you can gain that knowledge, yeah. spend time with contractors, research stuff. There's so many great resources out there. Yeah. I carry a book around with me and every time I don't understand something, I take a note and I research it. Yeah,
2: yeah There's yeah. things
1: on YouTube, the, um, the engineering mindset. Yeah. They release videos very often about how basic things work, right. AC systems, splits, whatever it be. There's, there's great resource out there
0: that's a very that's a very good piece of information but you know i think people would find that very useful that they can go onto youtube and utilize that as yeah. a way to learn and advance their career
1: and i think a lot of people just need to know what direction to head in yeah facilities like we've spoken about, are so broad yes it's kind of like where do i start yeah it's like walking into a shop and going where enough's the bread and there's yeah. no signs there's no one there to point you in another direction you just have to walk up and down the aisles and hope that you can find it yeah 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 you yeah. Know? so you're hoping that someone there taps you on the shoulder and says over there an aisle nine
0: yeah 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 oh brilliant good stuff All right, Phil well listen that brings us to the end of episode 2 of Where Many Hats Risings Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast
1: have you enjoyed it? yeah I have it's been great thanks very much really enjoyed it and uh, yeah hopefully I get to come on again sometime soon maybe we'll do a revisit in a couple of years
0: yeah maybe we'll see where you are in your your new career yeah absolutely Uh, well not your new career but your career Um, and we'll go from there lovely thank you very much Phil it's been an absolute pleasure thanks very much take care bye bye